0: Well hello again folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and you can always reach me at Surviving Empathy Podcast or at Chef Bry Comedy, that's Chef B-R-Y on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach Rebecca at Sp- Spooky Nerdy Gal. And today ladies and gentlemen I have my beautiful wife with me and co-host Rebecca Russell and we are going to talk all about relationships and uh, more than that uh, all the different intricacies intricacies of a relationship. We're going to talk about uh, negative emotions and clinging to animosity, anger, hate, frustration, outrage and how do we process our feelings? We're going to talk about holding on to grudges. We're going to talk about taking things personally. We're going to talk about woke culture, you guys. And we're going to do it in a way where we're going to try to make as few uh, enemies as possible. Because the truth is is that we have no... Uh, hate for anyone of any reason but um, but we, we will uh, broach that subject just a little bit uh, because at the end of the day this show is all about helping people and help people live a more robust life and get better and feel better and, and to make the world a better place um, we are not here to be punitive but I want to talk about a falling out with another uh, facebook friend of mine uh she she took exception to something that i wrote or a joke that i posted the other day and we will go into that um but you guys it it, it always sucks when we lose friends because we don't want to and, and sometimes you know despite our best efforts we want people to understand us we want people to identify with us and we want people to have our sense of humor and to share our sensibilities and so when things don't go well things don't work out, it's so unfortunate and it's painful. And so how do we process that grief? Where do we compartmentalize that? And how do we move on with our life uh, where we learn a lesson from that, but we don't um, hang on to that negativity? So that's what this show is all about. It's about relationships and interpersonal communications between people. So thank you for joining us this is our second to last episode we've got one more Uh, next episode is going to be all about portals and the spirit realm and evps that'll be my final uh episode of season three and then we'll come back next season for a bunch of other stuff we're growing but it takes time you guys so thank you guys so very much for hanging out with us and and supporting us and thank you so much for your well wishes uh when rebecca and i were sick uh, with COVID, um, we're feeling much better now. Um, but yeah, grab yourself a drink, grab yourself a snack. This is a really long one, you guys. I apologize. Uh, we just got s- so many subjects, and it was it was such a good episode. This has got to be one of my favorite ones so far. So thank you for joining us, and let's begin. Well, hello again, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. My name is Brian Russell, and I will be your host of Surviving Empathy podcast. And today, I have my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, so I have planned a great big old... I had two topics for you guys. Great big old show planned for you. And then um, I i got COVID. And then, uh, you know, what they say is life is what happens when you're making plans. Well... <laughs> For me, life's what happens when you're making COVID. Um, so we got over the COVID, you know. I think we picked it up at the Tool concert, and uh, I, I said to you guys, uh, "What? I'll let you know in a week whether or not it was worth it." And uh, it's been two weeks, and I can tell you, it was still worth it. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Yeah. So, um, so today's episode, you guys. Um, like I said, I was going to do a great big old show about portals for you guys. The truth is, is that I'm not digging up enough information to fill an entire show. So I'm adding other things to that. So I'm going to have a show, my finale, it's going to be one great big paranormal finale. And that show is going to be, uh, all about portals and the spirit realm and EVPs and what can we gain from what we can detect. And that's what that show will be all about. So we will talk about portals, but we're going to talk about it with some other things. Because honestly, there's nothing out there that can really conclusively prove whether these portals are real or not. Now, I've gotten down into some scientific research that wormholes exist and time-space portals exist, but but not when it comes to spiritual portals. And now we, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about the spirit realm and and creating portals or ghosts entering our realm from the spirit world through portals and such, but we don't have any conclusive evidence of that. And so we have to go off of what we can detect and what we can find. And so that's what I'm going to talk about on that show. But the truth is, is that I can't seem to dig out a whole lot of conclusive evidence other than anecdotal evidence And so we will go into all of that on the next episode, but it's still going to be a great show because we're going to add other things about the paranormal. It's going to be one really deep dive into the spirit world. And what is that? And why is it that we can sometimes see it and sometimes not see that? You know what I mean? So, uh, but for today's episode, you guys, um, because, uh, because I'm frankly catching another cold, and not feeling terribly great. Um, I wanted to uh, do an episode that's a little bit more about something that happened to me, something that occurred to me uh, occurred with us a few days ago, and we're going to go all into that. Uh, but this episode is going to be about relationships, falling outs, forgiveness, uh, old versus new friends, and uh, how to tackle our negative emotions. And when you cling to animosity, and then how do you deal with anger and hate and frustration and outrage and all of our quote-unquote negative emotions, how do we turn those things into a positive? Um, and then we're going to kind of talk about different kinds of people. We're going to talk about fake people. We're going to talk about posers and grifters and understanding how as an empath, but also just as a human being, how to spot a fake how to spot authenticity. We think we know, but a lot of times we're being led down a road through uh, not only uh, pop culture sensationalism in the media, but we're also being led by our senses, you know, misbehaving. They're not giving us the total truth, you know, and so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, just a, a bunch of mini topics I have here that all interconnect, but... Uh, uh, starting off the show. Um, so what happened was I've, you know, I, I really struggled to, to, um, decide whether or not I was going to do an episode on this or not, because the truth is, is that I don't want to lend it more energy than it deserves. But at the same time, I thought it would be a good teaching moment. And so we, you know, we have, you know, our various friends, uh, a lot of the, we have our, what's called our real life friends. And then we have our sort of social media friends and I've become very friendly with a lot of Rebecca's makeup group friends. And, um, and the truth is, is that, um, you know, I always, always, always try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I come into every relationship with the same open-mindedness and the same lack of judgment as I would with anybody else, you know? Um, and so, but, the, but I'm starting to notice a pattern here because um, I've had a couple falling outs with these girls in the past, and it's not because they're female. I love females, and Rebecca can attest that I'm always good to, to females, no matter who you are. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, but but they're, they're okay. So let me just set up the story, and then we'll kind of talk about it. So um, I, as you guys know, you know, if anybody who follows my Instagram... You um, saw that little joke post I posted a few days ago, the one with the KFC. Um, it's KFC is basically um, putting out this Beyond meat, um, and they're trying to pass it off as fried chicken. You know, so they take the Beyond meat and then they fry it like they would, you know, their their fried chicken, and <clears throat> you know, and it kind of looks like fried erasers. You know, well, the the joke was not a joke against vegans or veganism. It was not a joke geared towards hurting any t- p- group or any type of person. And it definitely wasn't about anybody personally. Um, it was basically me thinking, you know, maybe, you know, uh, industries that slaughter chickens for a living probably shouldn't get in the vegan game. You know, that's kind of where the joke lies for me. And so I just thought it was a funny little thing. I didn't even think about how it could have possibly triggered or upset anybody so, all of a sudden, one of our friends, her name is Christy, I won't give you her last name, but she uh, was a dear friend of ours uh, on Facebook and on Instagram, and we've known her for several years, and uh, it's just somebody that we, you know, have met over the years through Rebecca's various uh, makeup groups and such, and she's a really nice person, and she's a vegan, and um, I have no problems with vegans, never have, <clears throat> and... Um, and, and so she, she, one day she responds on my Instagram with this, like, ty- she went on a tirade essentially. And it, you know, she made it, she was offended. She was talking about how, how, how could I possibly be an empath if I um, eat meat, that I'm such a hypocrite, uh, this and that and all this. And she was using swear words and she was just acting very, very, very undue, dude, you know? And, and so I was like, holy cow, you know? And so I I I I raced it and then I apologized to her and I was like, "Well, this wasn't meant to hurt you and this isn't going against vegans or veganism whatsoever because I wish the whole world could be vegan to be quite honest because I as an empath and and a kind caring person wish I was a vegan, but we'll go into that, but um you know, what do you think, you know, well, well let me just finish the story. So, she you know, I, I erased it and I apologized and I tried everything I could do to um, be kind to her, make it personal, de-escalate. That's I always try to de-escalate. And um, I was trying to diffuse the situation with kindness and uh, understanding. And I erased it from my, you know, public post because, you know, I'm a public figure. I can't have that kind of hate being spewed out there on, on the airwaves. And so I erased it and I told her that why I did it. And I said, this is my personal podcast. This is my business. I can't have that kind of stuff on there, you know? And, uh, and then she got more pissed because I erased it and then went, Oh, you're going to erase me. So it was one of those. <clears throat> now she's even more pissed. So she, she started talking about how, you know, I, um, you know, well, you go on personal tirades all the time on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. And so she just made it very personal toward me and, Uh, you know you have to understand you guys we've never met this person in person at all we only know of her from her interactions with us on social media you know and sometimes you can forge really close bonds that way but sometimes you don't always know a person and so i want to bring rebecca into the conversation um just kind of give your account of what happened and uh, what you think was going on there
1: well i didn't see any of her responses because you had erased them yeah. by the time I got home, which understandably, um I yeah, I don't understand why she reacted that way. I mean, yeah. like mm-hmm. I would eat those Beyond Chicken Nuggets from KFC, but they looked like erasers. Yeah. Like well, it was just funny. It wasn't uh, Yeah, no. It was not anything.
0: Yeah, it was not cruel or mean or targeting vegans whatsoever. And I would never do that because the truth is is uh, you know, as a meat eater I try every day to reconcile with my um, being a meat eater and also being an animal lover. And if that makes me a little hypocritical, so be it. But the truth is, is that I was not trying or intending on hurting her feelings or trying to target vegans. In fact, I had a girl respond later. And I I, I have since taken down that post out of respect, but I... One of these vegans says, well, I was a vegan for two years and that does look like a fried eraser. You know, she was just kind of, yeah, exactly. she didn't feel personally targeted by no. it, you and know. No one um, should
1: have.
0: Yeah, nobody should have. And so, and then Rebecca does a deep dive and, and finds out that this girl is uh, at Disney World. And she's doing all this while she's at a hotel room at Disney World having the time of her life with her kid. And I just find that even, it just kind of adds another layer to what's going on. And, you know, I, you know, I tried to appeal to her humanity. I tried to be kind and polite. And I tried, and then I tried, and once none of that was working, I was like, well, you know, you're making this personal. Why is it so personal? Why do you, first of all, why do you feel personally attacked? And secondly, why are you personally attacking me? Because like, yes, I have written frustrated, venting uh, rants, if you will, on Facebook in the past, and she tried to use that against me. I'm like, well, first of all, those are talking about my depression and anxiety, and and how we try to coexist in in society with depression when society isn't always so kind. That's what those are about. And I said, it's it, it's not this. You made a tirade about me personally. I said, I my tirades are never about you as a person. It's never about any person. In fact, it's always simply about trying to vent your fr- frustrations and vent your feelings because we all live in the real world and we all get bitter, we all get angry, we all get upset. And so I'm not upset with her for being upset. I'm upset because she took it so personally. And um, and there's a kind of a through line here where every falling out that I've had on social media always ends up being somebody from your makeup group and somebody who I would call uh, is a very activist political activist who you you would probably describe as being a part of that woke culture and so we'll kind of go into that a little bit because the truth is is that in spirit i agree with a lot of the policies that the woke culture agrees with as well but i think sometimes it gets immature and it gets heavy-handed and it gets militant and that's not how you create a movement. You can't create a movement through cancellation. You can't create a movement by getting triggered and outraged by every little thing. But um, just kind of, babe, what, what's up with your friends, man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I And like you said, it's not anybody that I know in real life either. It's just people yeah. that I've met online and you'd connect for certain reasons. And then you <clears throat> find other reasons that you connect and have in common yeah. and... But well, I don't
0: know. I mean, tell these people, you know, I mean, I've never made anything personal. I've never, every time I've had a falling out with somebody, I mean, let these folks know that I never did it's anything to antagonize it, ever.
1: taking something personal that isn't personal.
0: Yeah. So. Well, and I think also um, it has a lot to do with the fact is that once you realize yourself as a person... You decide, this is who I am from from this day forward. And so you become more comfortable with yourself. And as you become more comfortable with yourself, you celebrate your own personality, who you are. And um, and, and as you guys know, I'm trying very hard to start a movement based off of kindness, based off of compassion, based off of being good to one another. That doesn't mean that we're not going to disagree from time to time, but we can disagree in ways where we don't have to become disagreeable with each other. Now, does that mean that I've never been disagreeable ever in my entire life? No, of course. But at the at the end of the day, I'm trying to build bridges, not tear them down. And so I just, you know, it was very upsetting. And I thought I, I kind of went back and forth. Should I do a show about it? But at the end of the day, uh, I wasn't going to. But then as I got, you know, more sick and not feeling well, I was like, well, I'm going to have to, you know, I need to put out an episode for you guys But I, I didn't want to do, uh, my last two shows on cryptids and portals, um, and not have any, not be able to fit any time in for our own thoughts and feelings. And so this episode is really about that and how we can break down relationships and how we can get into the weeds about frustration and outrage and anger and all those negative emotions that we all deal with, you know. Um, but uh, let's just kind of wrap up this, uh, example. Um, so I feel bad. You know, I feel bad. I tried. You know, I voice messaged her several messages. Um, I started in the beginning to be very polite, very kind, trying to say, this was not geared towards you, hon. This is not about you. This wasn't even about vegans at all. This is simply, Kind of laughing at, uh, you know, this mega chicken industry trying to get in on the vegan game and how maybe it's just not the best idea. It, it, it was trying to uh, highlight the absurdity of life, to highlight the, you know, how people just capitalism is just so unrelenting and how it always, it's like, you know, don't get into the salad game unless you're, a, unless you do salads, you know, I just find these corporate capitalists, especially these, uh, meat industries trying to trying to get in and earn the respect and, and of of all these vegans it's like why why are you trying you're a chicken place no one's going to go to you yeah. if you're a vegan and,
1: and i can understand why they're doing it because yeah if you're traveling or whatever and you end up in a place where you're hungry and this is the one option and you are a vegetarian yeah. or sure. vegan then there's something that you can oh, eat oh yeah so I, yeah I can and respect and, it and, I can and what i have tried it,
0: those vegan uh, beyond erasers <laughs> um yes of course i would try it so i'm not i think she might have been upset because she thinks that i'm trying to promote meat eating or that i'm trying to poo poo on vegan choices and no no of course not it just it was just one of those joke posts that you don't think much about until it triggers somebody and then they made it personal and then i was like holy cow like why are you getting personal about this because i don't believe she understands who i am i don't believe she's ever listened to the show and i don't believe she understands how hurtful it was like i'm getting over the grief of uh, the death of my cats i'm getting over covid i'm getting over depression i'm getting over uh mental health problems galore and all kinds of grief and for her to blindly be inconsiderate of your feelings while demanding that i be considerate of her feelings just felt like it was just too much i couldn't i couldn't understand where she was coming from it-
1: felt to me that she was feeling a buildup of frustration about a lot of different things. And yeah. that just happened to be well, the thing that sent her over the edge for some reason. Yeah, it was
0: probably, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. And in that regards, I feel bad for her. But at the same time, I mean, she should know me well enough to know that I would never, ever put somebody down for being different or put somebody down for being vegan We're all about celebrating and promoting every type of lifestyle, even if I don't agree with it. And so at the end of the day, I just felt like she made it personal and she was trying to cut me down to size. And in doing so, she hurt my feelings, not because I'm, I can't take it. Of course I can take it. You know, at the end of the day, I slept just fine that night, you know, because I had to compartmentalize it. But at the end of the day, um, when people, demand that their feelings be respected but they're not willing to respect your feelings it's like class houses bro jesus christ you know
1: and it's just hurtful when there's people that you you think are on your side yeah and then that's
0: the gist of it the gist of it is is that you think these people are on your side you think they're rooting for you you're a facebook friend of mine because you understand who i am what i'm all about and you're trying to support each other and each other's um, betterment and, and, and good mental health and robust living. And so, yeah, when somebody turns on you like that, it, it's hurtful because it almost feels like you've let in the wrong one. It's like that vampire movie, let the wrong one in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let the right ones in. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, you know, these people, they slip through the cracks and then next thing you know, you realize, that you don't really know people as well as you think you do, you know, and it's unfortunate because I would never do anything to her or she has a beautiful daughter. She is a very nice person and, and I, can, yeah, at the end of the day, I can only say that she's probably going through something else and, and it's making her frustrated and she probably deals with a lot of vegan jokes and vegan hate, I would imagine. And so she probably thought that I was one of those people, but God, consider the source girl. Like I'm, I go out of my way to be better than the average bear. Why she would uh, poke fun at me. It's it's just, it showed a gross misunderstanding of my nature and my character. And it just, it hurt my feelings, frankly.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just when something's just out of left field like that, it just, it catches you by surprise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Because, you know, I like her as a person. I like her kid. And, um, but, um, but the truth is, is that I wish I was a vegan because at the end of the day, I do call myself an animal lover. But here's the thing, you guys, is that, you know, we should all respect each other's lifestyle choices, no matter what they are. Sexuality, um, trans people, gay people. I respect them all. You know, um, when I say things like, um, I don't use, uh, pr- uh pronouns and such, it's not because I'm, it's not because of how I feel about the movement, it's because how I feel about society. I don't like societal music. I don't like societal films. I don't like pop culture society when it's trying to, um, cram us into a one size fits all thing. And so for me, it's not that I'm against the movement. It's that I just don't want to be a part of society. I'm an individual and I have individual thoughts and feelings. And I feel like the media at large is creating a bunch of soldiers to the cause that will fight whatever you say. Tell them to fight. I mean, look at what Trump did by attacking uh, the the you know January sixth and attacking the um, attacking the uh, Congress like that. You know, just and now you've got the woke mob, if you will, being told to attack anybody who doesn't uh, agree with their philosophies of life. You know, yeah, so. Hang on, do you want out, honey? Hold on, you guys. I gotta let the cat out. (laughs) Okay, you know you gotta let your cat out, you know, and she'll probably scratch again because she wants in and out a million times. That's that's That's, her nature. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but yeah, you know. But um, getting back to the vegan thing, I support all lifestyles, and ideally, I would like to be a vegan because I would love to be a part of a movement that espouses my morals and values because I am an animal lover. If you look at my Instagram, it's all elephants and critters and I, cats, and I love them all. And um, while I think we all do, um, you know, the thing is for me is I was a, I grew up, my, I was raised by a hunter. My grandfather was a hunter and World War II vet. Uh, you know, uh, I became a chef. I've been fabricating deer meat since I was eight years old. And then when I went into the culinary school, I, you know, I've been fabricating meat all this time, and so I have a long, long, long tradition of fabricating meat. And while I do have a problem with the industry, I think that there, you know, because there are ways we could probably reduce our carbon footprint and somehow make it more ethical. And and I don't like the mass slaughter of animals. I hate it. But that being said, I also can't break two hundred thousand years of, of 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 evolution and tradition. I mean. You know, I you know, I believe that we should all make better choices, and because we, we don't need nearly as much protein as we think we do, you know, if you ate one steak or one piece of chicken per week, that would probably be enough to satisfy your protein needs. So we do go a little crazy, I would admit, with the meat in this society. So I have no protest with um, Christie and her. And her views on uh, the slaughter of these defensive animals—I feel bad about it too. Yeah, yeah,
1: you know. But at
0: the end of the day, um, we we are hunter gatherers, and we have these incisors for a reason. You know, when you look at the teeth of any animal, including humans. You know, if you look at a cow, a cow has all flat teeth. Well, that signifies to us they don't have incisors. If they don't have incisors, that means that they are herbivores, strictly herbivores. If you look at uh, cats and the animal kingdom, lions and tigers, they only have sharp teeth. That suggests to us that they are meat eaters, strictly meat eaters. Now, they'll eat, you know, green veg- vegetables and stuff for, you know, health and digestive purposes, but at the end of the day, they mostly live on a 90% or more diet of strictly meat. You know, when you look at us and, and you know, monkeys and gorillas and all those uh, bipedal animals... We all have flat teeth in the back and, and sharp teeth in the front. And that signifies that we are to tear flesh with that. And we are supposed to eat meat. Now, that being said, if somebody makes a choice not to want to eat meat, I'm fine with that. You know, um, but it is very, very difficult to complete a protein. And I, you know, it's like, you know, tell your story well, about your sister.
1: Yeah, my sister was a vegan for <clears throat> years and years, probably decades. And she was somebody that did know how to do it correctly. She did do it right. Right. Yeah, And she just, she didn't feel good most of the time. And recently in the last, I don't know, six to 12 months, mm-hmm. she has started eating meat a little bit again, yeah. introducing it to her diet. right? And she's healthier. Like she some people better, literally, their bodies just cannot survive on that.
0: Right. Well, and the thing is, is I'm not trying to get anybody to promote you guys to come over to the dark side. You know, if you're a vegan, I I respect that and I support that. But in order to do so, you scientifically have to do it correctly by combining a carb with a legume or something like that. And you have to do it very exacting because if you don't, you're not, you're not um, replacing the, the, the components required to regrow brain tissue and muscle tissue and nerve tissue and all those things you require And so, you know, my friend made a joke. She's like, well, maybe she's cranky because she's not getting enough meat, you know? Right, yeah. (laughs) I felt bad, but, you know, the truth is is that I do believe that there's a lot of people who don't know how to do veganism right. And so I support veganism, but you have to know how to do it right. And um, and the thing about Christy, and, and I don't mean this to judge, but she's a little bit overweight and I notice her kid is a little bit overweight too. And um, they're dear people. I love them, you know, before she had a, freak out on me but I still care about her and I still care about her kid but at the end of the day it makes you wonder well if you're a vegan because if I was a vegan I would look lean and mean and ready to go why is she overweight it tells me that she's probably either overeating which is fine you know we all overeat from time to time I'm not judging but the point is is that if she's a vegan she's not doing it right that signifies to me that perhaps she's not doing it right and she's eating you know candy and things that maybe she shouldn't because i had a friend that was vegan and i remember he ate like trash dude i mean i was like do you ever eat anything healthy Mm -hmm. you know he was like he didn't eat meat but he i didn't see him eating salads i saw him eating candy and garbage you know so you have to do it right
1: well and another thing that i was talking to you about it too is being a vegan is prohibitive prohibitively expensive for most people yeah it is everything because you know i work in a grocery store so like a little packet of the vegan cheese Mm -hmm. is at least two to three times sometimes four times more expensive than non-vegan alternatives so it's just something that literally people cannot afford to do well and i yeah
0: and i feel like that is a perpetuation of that elitist uh branding where definitely where it leaves poor people out you know we talk you know ebt a lot of people are on food stamps a lot of people who we uh, are on food stamps they'll get a lot of judgment because oh you're not allowed to eat that like what are they supposed to eat just hot dogs and mac and cheese and that's it right like when they put steak in their cart they're shamed for it or they put seafood in their cart they're shamed for it like listen dude like, you know, I get it. Like, if they're only eating steak and lobster, like, yeah, you're probably taking advantage a little, but, but I think a lot, you know, people are shamed for eating properly. And I just feel it's wrong. And so, no, I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I will never, ever shame someone for being a vegan, but you do have to know the science and you do have to do it correctly. Yeah. Because it's, it's a very exact thing where a carb has to um, combine with a, with a, with a legume because a legume has protein Mm -hmm. but that protein is an incomplete protein unless it's mixed with a carb and that's what creates that very exact uh you know protein which it completes the protein so that it can synthesize as um tissue in your body so you have to do it correctly yeah you know
1: yeah like i said it's just it's it's way it's out of people's league Financially, for a lot of people. Well, and I'm
0: hopeful that, you know, because like this whole Beyond Meat thing, we can poke fun at it and say it looks like erasers and all that. I just thought it was funny because it's not because we're trying to create vegan solutions for society. I'm all for that. It was the fact that they're doing it so poorly and that it's the chicken, the the mass slaughter chicken industry trying to appeal to people that hate them. It's like, why? It just seemed, it felt so like the hustle the whole Mm -hmm. trying to win over people that will never be in your camp why why bother (laughs) so i was just looking at it toward at the irony of it as much and just that they did look like erasers now that being said um you know if people want to try it i say go for it It, you know it's not about see i think she thinks that i'm trying to push some pro meat um agenda it's like no it's just that we but i'm getting tired of being shamed by uh, vegans and uh, empaths and people who say we're not a, well, you couldn't possibly be a, a, a good person if you eat meat. It's like, well, then tell that to billions of people who've lived on this planet for two hundred thousand years. You're yeah. talking about ninety nine percent of the of the world eats meat in some capacity. So, do you really want to take on that argument that every single person on the planet is hypocritical and a bad egg? Because they Mm -hmm. eat meat, you know.
1: Yeah. I'm just tired of people judging people. For whatever reason. Right. Whatever it is, you're mm-hmm. not doing it right or you're not doing it correctly. Well, you're not we, going far enough we, because, you're not doing this or that.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, Christy doesn't know that we make vegan choices sometimes. You'll and come home does, with stuff. And she does because
1: literally a couple yeah. of years ago, she sent me a whole bunch of their favorite recipes. Because mm-hmm. I told her we were trying to start yeah. eating better and eat a little more right. vegan choices. So she Ex- does know that. So yeah. Just, and, and Well, just, and
0: I that's the thing that came so out of left field for me is that we haven't talked to her in a year and she doesn't know what's going on in our life she doesn't know what's going on in my show she doesn't know what's going on in my heart and so at the end of the day to be so callous and cruel it was just like wow it was so out of left field and you know and i tried everything to get her back i tried i told her hey if you ever want to refriend me you can do that and blah 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 you know and so the thing is is that um it, it, it's hurtful and it sucks and it, it, it kind of occupied my whole day that evening. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to just put it to bed. I, I processed it and then I gave it to the universe because at the end of the day, I really do feel that there's going to be a lot more of that coming as as we become more popular. Um, it's going to invite a lot of haters out there. People who just, you know, come, come from the wrong place. They don't know you. They, they think they know you and they think they know your agenda and they think they know, your your morals and your philosophies but they don't and they come they just you know i have you know a, every once in a while i'll get some stranger who resents the fact that i'm a public figure and it's like dude i'm trying to help the world what the hell yeah <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. yeah so that's just the, you know part of the trappings of being a public figure i think and just being alive is that you never know when you're going to accidentally invite Um, negativity or chaos or hate you know and so you know putting that to bed um i feel bad and you know i wish her well there's no hard feelings on on my end but you know at the end of the day it makes you think about you know how you don't really know people sometimes you know Mm -hmm. yeah and um and that goes into um old friends versus new friends so um so wrapping up that subject, you know, what is the moral lesson that we can take uh, out of that is that you don't always know someone. But, you know, it, it, what it boils down to is, is if if they're not willing to understand your struggle and relate to your grief and your hardships, then why on the hell on earth should I have to you know relate to hers? You know, and that's what I found very hypocritical about her. Because I I really tried to do everything I could to de-escalate. But at the end of the day, she just kept piling on all this personal stuff about who she thinks I am as a person. And it was very hurtful. And she doesn't understand the grief I wake up with every single day. And so what I would leave you guys with is that um, at the end of the day, um, you know, be careful of people. I've talked about it before, that non-reciprocity. If people hold you to a certain standard that they don't even hold themselves... Watch for those um, bad actors, because there are people out there who don't always have, you know, they have an image of themselves, but oftentimes that image is overblown, you know, and at the end of the day, until they've looked strongly into the mirror themselves, be careful of those people throwing glass, throwing stones in glass houses, because good grief, you know, I feel bad, you know, I really do, you know, but at the end of the day, I've got so much life to live and i have so many problems to deal with that at the end of the day i just i can't i had to put it to bed it's like move on you know because yeah yeah, it's like when i'm supposed to grieve for the rest of my life over this one person who just fails to see who i am as a person you can't do that you have to you have to protect yourself and you have to put it to rest you know yeah so uh that goes into um uh, old friends versus new friends and relationships and falling outs and forgiveness. So I've had a handful of friends that we've had falling outs. Um, I contacted my chiropractor buddy yesterday. My, uh, For those who don't know, anybody who's been following the show regularly knows that I have a chiropractor buddy. He was my best friend in high school. Um, and for the longest time, we had... A great friendship, and then um, one day he was stressed out. He suffers from um, anxiety and um, uh, what I would call adrenal fatigue, and when he gets overly fatigued, he gets mean and nasty, and he just went off on me one day, and uh, I was like, holy shit, and uh, it created a two-year lapse in our friendship, and right now we're finally trying to put the pieces together, and yesterday I called him, and I was like, so uh, you know, I just want you to know I'm just doing my due diligence, putting it out there, just trying to, you know, put in the work, you know. Uh, but uh if you're, you know, low-key mad dogging me and I don't know it, just let me know. Let let me off the hook, you know, because I feel like, you know, uh he gets busy, he's a chiropractor, and um uh sometimes I can't tell whether or not he's just having you know, because he works a full job, and then he gets home, and then he's tired. And I get all yeah, that. That's understandable. Um, but see, the thing is, is that he's not generous with his time. Like every time he wants to talk to me, he's driving home from work. It's like, no, call me when you get home. I don't want to be the your backseat guy. I want to be your front seat guy. I want to be your main friend. I don't want to be somebody that you can only talk to when you're, you know, driving to and from work. You want to. Somebody to give you the time of day to um, talk to you that takes up their valuable time, not just when you're commuting, (laughs) you know. Yeah, definitely. But it goes into the spirit of forgiveness, you know. At the end of the day, uh, you know, I've told you guys enough stories of my falling outs where you're probably going to think, well, gosh, you know, it's happened enough times, Brian. I'm starting to think that maybe you're the culprit, you know. But no, I can assure you, you know, these falling outs from Roger to Jim, to Angie, to, uh, your friends. Uh, what was Diana? Deanna, all these people. And now Christy. I never did anything ever to insult them, to uh, antagonize them or to make them feel bad about themselves. I think what it boils down to when I analyze, it's like Bob Marley, when I analyze the stench to me, it makes a lot of sense. Sorry. I had to throw that in there. Uh, but when you analyze the stench, you guys, what you're, what, what I think, what is the commonality? What's the through line? What's the common thing that they all had in common is that, um, what it boils down to, I think, is, um, is that people don't want you to be yourself. They want you to know your place. And that is the problem with society nowadays is everybody's fighting for validation. Everybody's fighting for worth. Um, but a lot of people, <clears throat> they say they're your, they're your friend. But when it comes down to it, they want you to know your place, you know. In in the case with my friend Jim, you know, I'm glad we're patching things up. You know. Oh, and to finish that story, he texted me back. He's like, "Nah, bro, I'm not mad dogging you." So I was like, "Okay, cool," you know. And I I wrote him back, and we had a laugh, you know. So we're fine. We're good. We're getting there. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, what it boils down to is that a lot of people, uh, nowadays, um, they just don't want you to be happy. They want you to be what their version of happiness is. And so a lot of times when you become empowered, it pisses people off. Do you want to speak to that a little bit, hon? I know you're drinking coffee there.
1: (laughs) Perfect timing. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I I do that.
1: (laughs) And now I forgot the question.
0: (laughs) So, so when people um, don't want you to be yourself, um, they say they're on your side, but then when you start to empower yourself, you start to notice a change. What do you think that is? I
1: I think people get, into their minds, they have a picture of you and how you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And if you, as a human, fall outside of that, because that yeah. can have nothing to do with you and just their idea of what you are, who you are. yeah. And then they take offense to it and mm-hmm. blame you for being yourself yeah. because you're not the fictitious person they have in their mind
0: yeah yeah that is it that is it i always feel like people have uh something pictured in their mind's eye that's different than reality and um that was like my friend jim for years and years and years i think he didn't see you know because i mean we've been friends since high school um in Reading, and then he knows that i also have best friends from san luis and the Bay, uh, the Central Coast. I almost call it the Bay Area.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <don't know> <laughs>
1: it feels like it there now.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, um, but you know, but we've had so many years together as friends that I think that he hasn't been there for the change. He doesn't see me aging. He doesn't see me growing. He, he's not really there emotionally often enough to see the, the the things that have hurt me and those pains, how they've shaped me as a person. Oh, whoopsie! Let me turn that off. (laughs) Rookie move. That's all right. You guys know that I don't care anymore. It is what it is. (laughs) Hey, I'm a human, darn it! Um, But at the end of the day, yeah, it's. I think he has in his mind's eye that I'm still that um, brash, uh, young, uh, you know, workout guy from high school that sort of used his buffness as a way to kind of bulldoze people and get what he wanted. I was never a bully. Never. In fact, in high school, I used to stand up for, we had uh, special ed classes in Reading, uh, at enterprise high school. And at that school we had, um, people, special needs kids that would come. And I would, uh, I more than once I've had to defend them when kids were making fun of them in the lunch line. And so, um, the truth is I've always been a Boy Scout in that way. I've always tried to be that. But the problem is that when you empower yourself, a lot of people don't see the difference between being empowered and being brash. They think your, your empoweredness is being brash. And it's like, no, no, not at all. You know, I've grown into a very, you know, mature and sensible person. You know, you grow out of that stuff. We're grown ups now, for crying out loud. We're almost... We're pushing yeah. 50 for crying out loud and how people still think that we ha- have those same relationships, you know, cause I think a lot of, a lot of it is like, he comes at me, like he still wants us to interact the way we interacted when we were in our thirties. It's like, yeah, but that's not us anymore. You well, know, that's
1: yeah. Like you're talking about old friends versus new friends and that yeah. can be the problem with old friends, especially if they're not involved in your life day to day. Or you know, even weekly, just people that you you know from the past, and they have this idea of who you used to be, yeah. and they haven't seen the changes and the growing. Yeah. And well, and I was always a person. good guy, but
0: I but I I used my buffness. I was a muscular kid. I was very very athletic, and I used that not only to get the girls, but I also used it to get my way sometimes. And um, but I was never rude or mean about it. But uh, I think it made him feel like second fiddle. Um, because i was getting the girls that he wanted he pined over my girlfriend in high school for over a year and you know i could have had a falling out over that and i just accepted it that he was in love with my girlfriend and um i could have allowed that to be contentious but i was so secure in myself and in that relationship that i didn't let it bother me i did say you need to step aside. But he pined very openly about her, and I was like, dude, that she's my girlfriend for crying out loud. So my point is, is that I forgave him for that. But that's the thing, is a lot of people, they don't see their how they interact. They don't see their bullishness. They don't see how they bulldoze people. They don't see how they ignore other people's feelings. And so at the end of the day, we all have this idealized understanding of who we are without having an idealized understanding of how others could possibly grow or change. (laughs) Yeah, You know, definitely. Have to. so, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I think relationships are um, one of those things where, you know, we have this tendency in life, it seems, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of the friendships we have in the beginning, when we meet friends in uh, whether it be elementary school or kindergarten or and then high school, we tend to immortalize those friendships as if they're set in stone. And then and then oftentimes it keeps us from living our best life because we're stuck in the past. We're stuck thinking our, those friendships are there set in stone. And oftentimes we use that as a metric to compare new friendships. And so speak to that a little bit about, you know, just tell me what your thoughts are about new friends versus old friends. And why do we have this tendency to immortalize our old friends and not really you know uh, move on from those old ways of thinking
1: well it's because you have all these good times that you you look back at Mm -hmm. and you know with the soft sense of time past yeah you don't think about the bad stuff Mm -hmm. or you just just you just remember things so fondly that you want to keep them that way and you want to keep that person that way right in your life or in your heart when they've grown and they've changed and they're yeah. different. And that's the thing about new friends mm-hmm. is that they, they know you now. So they don't have that history with you. So they don't know those parts of you, but mm-hmm. they know who you are as a they person. They know who you've become. The they see, you are now. they
0: see the sum of all of yep. your experiences and, and they appreciate who you are today. Right. And that's the thing is that I'm trying to put my past behind me, not because I'm ashamed of it, but we all do stupid things. We all wax a little immature, we all get a little bullish, we all, you know, we're all trying to fit in, you know, that's what I liked about Cobra Kai, is that we're all trying to fit in, but we've all been bullied, and we've all been the bullier, at least in some small capacity, not maybe as much with girls, but definitely with guys. Mm
1: -hmm. And it it does happen with girls, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know, uh, because... I have some friends that I've known since high school and we're doing great. Like Craig and I, he's a Trump supporter. He's conservative. I I have to literally hide him on Facebook because I get tired of all that nonsense, but I still love him as a person. And we talk to this day. In fact, we have a few things that, that I call the connective tissue that keeps our friendship working and it's, um, comedy and Cobra Kai <laughs> and barbecue. <laughs> yeah, barbecue yes. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, definitely, and you—that's how friendships that do evolve and change as you get older. They—they mm-hmm. they allow for change, they allow for growth, they allow yeah. for people not being the same person you knew twenty years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, and then I have other friends like uh, J- James Buxton. I can say it; I'm not saying anything bad. Um, but James Buxton is a dear, dear friend, and he was in my—he was on my soccer team for many years on the Strikers. Um, and, um, for whatever reason, you know, because I moved around a lot and I went into the military and all this stuff and I kind of lived dual lives. Part of me lived down in the central coast, part of me lived in Reading and then a part of me lived in the army. So I I moved around so much that I have these different lives. Then I went to culinary school in LA. So I feel like I have different chapters of my life, but for whatever reason, we never became besties. Even though we lived down there for a time when I was working at the radio station, Um, and, and yet we, you know, and I told him the other day, I was like, well, the other day, three months ago, (laughs) we were down there.
1: (laughs) Time is relative.
0: Yeah. Time is relative when you're old. Um, but I told him, I said, I don't understand why I said, because I fucking adore you. I adore this man. Like, you know, he's just the smartest, nicest, easy breezy guy. And, uh, he's so thoughtful and he's so calm and kind. He bought our meals for us that day. I was suffering from a migraine and he took us on a taco tour and he paid for everything. But the point is, is I'm like, why in the fuck did it take me this long to start hanging with you on a regular basis? Cause we were always friends
1: yeah, from the but soccer just team, as adults, you know. They're just certain things that you click. Yeah. More with someone. It's the whole reason, season, lifetime thing when it comes to friends. Funny
0: that you should say that because that's (laughs) on my list. So I want to talk briefly about that. So we've kind of talked about uh, relationships and falling outs and forgiveness. Let's finish that. So forgiveness, I am having to forgive my friend Jim because he said some really mean personal things. And a lot of it didn't acknowledge my growth. And that's where I had the problem is that I'm like, dude, you're talking about the guy was in high school as if it happened yesterday, you know? Yeah. And um, and then he talks about, like, he said things like, well, you run and exercise a lot, but you're just a brute. You're just a big brute. A brute? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. like, and so like, he just didn't see the growth. Um, and so I've had to learn to forgive because he's since then he's like, dude, I was just having adrenal fatigue and I was stressing out at, at, at my job. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, you know, when I, because I think when he gets upset at me, he's upset over old grievances that haven't really been put to rest. But the problem is, is that I, I told him like, sometimes when you have an issue in your head, um, the first time it doesn't always stick. You forgive things happen. And then for whatever reason, it ends up back in your craw again. And you, you, you didn't quite get the sense of closure or forgiveness that you Mm -hmm. needed that first time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I told him, I said, well, we now need to put all those issues to bed. Are you sure you have no latent animosities of me? Are you sure? Are we good now? Can we move forward? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. You know? And so, yeah, at the end of the day, like, I don't understand why somebody would think I was a brute, because the truth is, is he, he's pegging me because he was always jealous of my physicality and, and um, he always wanted to, you know, cause I was the one getting more looks at the parties and in school and, you know, he's, but he's, that was high school. He's grown since then. Yeah, he's looking thirty years ago. Yeah. And he's looking good and I'm looking less good and we're all equaling <laughs> out now. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, but at the end of the day, forgiveness is where it's at. And, And I think that's what it boils down to is forgiveness. We have whatever animosities that we're having. And that's the same with this girl, the vegan, is that she's having some animosities that she's not allowing, she's not processing. And that's causing what I call a sort of um, personality disorder. It's temporary, but we all get these personality disorders caused by hardships and grievances. And and, and in order to grow and become your best version of yourself, I really do think you have to put all those to bed.
1: Yeah. And And sometimes you put them to bed mm -hmm. and continue the friendship. And sometimes you put them to bed and realize it's not worth it. And it's done. It's you're forgiven. But yeah, why continue it? So well, yeah, it just depends
0: depends on how deep the cut is. You know, I mean, I could have very easily just stayed not friends with Jim. But you know, I made an exception in his case because we've been friends for nearly 40 years, you know? And so he is one of my closest inner circles, but at the end of the day, he doesn't share my personality. He doesn't share my likes and dislikes. He We're as different in, as night and day. Um, and, and all I really want him to share is my values. And I think we do deep down, but the way what he cares about and how he expresses himself sometimes it doesn't always feel like um, we're clicking on the same uh, vibration frequency, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, but we're good. We're good. And you know, and that's where forgiveness is so important because without forgiveness, you, you can't have closure and without closure, you can't move forward and without moving forward, you can't continue to learn and grow, you know? And so I'm a very humble person. I humble myself because you can't be teachable if you're always being stubborn, or if you always think you know everything, no, far from it. I know I'm an imperfect person. Now, am I somewhat intellectual? Sure, I've learned a few things, you know, clicking time on this earth. But um, but at the end of the day, I don't get a big head about it because it's it's all a part of that growth process, you know.
1: Yeah, yes, it is.
0: So so, baby, uh, address for us real quickly the that that old saying: a reason, a season, or a lifetime. If you don't know, there's a saying called your friends always fall into three categories. There's a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And sometimes it can be in all three yeah. or maybe just one or two of those. But um, yeah. touch on For that, sure. what that means. What's the spirit of that?
1: Um, it's just it, it it allows you to have friendships and let them come and go as needed instead of holding on to mm. things yeah. that aren't serving anyone anymore. Right. So if you kind of realize, okay, this person was in my life for a certain time, we went through experiences together, we mm. bonded over something, but now that's passed and there's nothing else there. So that was that's that's kind of a season or a reason, friend. Like sometimes right. people are that's, there for Well, you that's and- like
0: my friend Corey. You know, he is just as close to me as Jim or Craig, but for whatever reason, we're not clicking anymore. A lot of it has to do with politics, unfortunately. Politics seems to be that huge wedge. In friendships if anymore? People let it Yeah, you know, they let like, it get yeah. it personal, and they yeah. it's like, oh, I don't want to be friends with them liberals. It's like, well, sorry, <laughs> yeah, you know, because I was right. willing to forgive that he he says some mighty intolerant things, and yet I was look yeah. willing to look the other way for the greater good of our friendship. But I'm co- wasn't. I'm almost glad that we kind of went our separate ways because. I care about him and I, I, I still think about him, but at the end of the day, he was a reason and a season. And even though he was in my closest inner circle of friends, it's not that it's not hurtful, it is, but at the same, the friendship ended at a place where I was more annoyed by him than it, it's almost like when, when you lose respect for someone, um, a clo- you don't feel the emotional impact of losing them as much because they're giving you all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't feel yeah. bad anymore. Well, like
1: I have, there's one person in particular I'm thinking of. I was literally friends with her from kindergarten through graduating from high school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, and we did it. We you know, we, she was one of my closest friends. We hung out all the time. We took dance classes together. We were in classes together. But at the core of who she was, I don't really didn't really like her i realized as soon as we graduated from high school that was it we weren't in classes all the time together anymore we weren't at school anymore and we just grew apart within a matter of months specifically
0: what do you think it was that made you guys have that falling out what there
1: wasn't even a falling out it just it just just we were such different people but because we were kind of thrown mm-hmm. together we were in school together we took advanced classes together so we were always in the same classes we both loved dancing so we carpooled the dance and stuff but it was well, it was definitely one of those reason season the reason was because we were just part of this group of people that were always together all the time we'd known each other forever and mm-hmm. it kind of was like one of those well we've been friends forever but then as soon as we got onto our other lives after high school it was like oh, yeah well
0: that's well yeah, and I think a lot of times we try to for, we try to keep those uh friendships alive because they symbolize something in our lives. And when they yeah. peter out, it's almost like we feel like we're losing them as a person, like we've lost a dear friend. Um but sometimes it's better to let bygones be bygones than to continue yeah. the friendship and have it get worse, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. But, you know, because we have this tendency to always put all these eggs in that basket of ol- our old friends are the most meaningful, the most valuable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it at the end of the true. day, sometimes we need to sort of allow for some of that growth to happen. And, and while hurtful at the time, sometimes it's for the best. Um, what would yeah. you say? What? Because, I mean, like Craig and I are different as night and day and somehow mm-hmm. we've ma- managed to make it work. Whereas me and Corey haven't as much. Um, and then Jim Sturton and I, even though we share the same politics, we, we have very different views about capitalism and, um, you know, careerism and things like that. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, and he's not nearly into pop culture as me and movies and music. Um, he, he always learned that from me. And, and since our falling out, I can tell that he's just not connected to pop culture as much as he used to be because that's I was sort of Mm -hmm. his pipeline into everything fun or interesting or cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. but what would you say is the defining thing that uh, separates the difference between a relationship that you hang on to like Craig and I which were night and day we could have made it not work but we did what's what's the difference between that and a relationship that just sort of has to you know end you know
1: well i have two people in mind i have this person i was talking about and then wendy who you met mm-hmm. when we were down yeah in, down in south coast her. a couple of times yeah and i think the core <clears throat> difference between that is the the um person that i just kind of fell by the wayside is fundamentally she was someone that cared about image she cared about money she cared mm-hmm. about things that i that don't you care don't. about right and so at the core of who we were <clears throat> we weren't similar we weren't that, the same and with yeah. wendy we're just we're just the same people, basically. And that makes a lot the same person.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because um, um, when I think about Craig and I, even though we don't share the same politics, we share the same sensibilities. We're, we both
1: yeah
0: care about being kind. We both try to be good people. We both try to uh, be responsible men. And when I say men, I don't mean macho. I just mean being a man is stepping up into who you should be. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we share the same values and we share the same sense of humor a lot of the time. So that kept us together where Corey no no offense to Corey, but he doesn't have a great sense of humor. He gets triggered very easily. He takes everything personally. And then he'll get mad at you when you when not enough too much time has passed. It's like even though it's like what is your arm broken? You could have called me or texted me yeah. as well.
1: And me coming into those relationships when I met you mm-hmm. when we were thirty five. Yeah the empath part of me
0: mm-hmm. immediately
1: liked Craig and clicked with Craig. Yeah. And I kind of felt the opposite.
0: With Corey. With Corey. Yeah. I just never right.
1: clicked. And that the empath part of me, I think just sensed that he was not the type of person that I was compatible with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and I think the difference being is that Craig is, um, while they're both conservative, uh, Craig is, um, he's got a light nature and he's got a very forgiving heart. Whereas um, Corey has a very contemptuous heart and that's the difference. And that's why with me and Jim, sometimes Jim has a very contemptuous heart and I don't, I have a very forgiving heart. And um, and I think that's really what makes that difference is that when you're around people who are contemptuous um, when that's, aimed at others you can tolerate it for time but when it's aimed at you it's like oh okay yeah
1: and i i know we've talked about it before but one of the first interactions i had with Corey was facebook and i had posted something about a a hummingbird that someone had rescued Mm -hmm. and you know me and and Hurt animals, and yeah. you know, my whole thing with the animals. And his comment was, "It should have. They should have just taken out and run it over." Yeah. Like, kind of joking, yeah, but no. kind of not. But well, and, like, he
0: just- says those things a lot. You know, um, he upset my mom one time when he talked about John F. Kennedy Jr. When John F. Kennedy Jr. died in that airplane crash, um, he has this tendency to hate anybody who doesn't share his politics. And so he yeah. said something very dismissive of him and my mom. That was it. She was like. I don't Mm -hmm. like this guy anymore. Like, he he says very sociopathic things, but then he shows sometimes that he's a good, you know, father to his daughters and his wife, and it's like, I can't tell sometimes whether or not he's truly a sociopath trying to fit in, or if he's just um, emotionally immature or what his case is, but to me it feels like he's never going to get rid of that hateful part of his heart. Yeah. And that's the difference because Craig doesn't have that. Yeah. Craig can get that way on occasion to be the shock jock because he's yeah, a radio guy. But
1: fundamentally, but
0: fundamentally inside his heart, he's good natured.
1: Yeah, and the empath in me knew that. And yeah, that. And
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so circling around back to uh, negative emotions, uh, clinging to animosity, clinging to anger and hate, um, perhaps frustration. You know, because frustration. You know, a lot of people take my um, depression as anger because a lot of women who, and and I'm not trying to stereotype, but um, a lot of women, when they're uh, sad, they cry, frankly, you know, and a lot of men don't feel comfortable crying, they'll they show it. They express it as anger or frustration, and sometimes that can be the opposite. Some men cry, and that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Yeah, of and yeah. some women uh, kick grass, you know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but um, but but I wanted to talk about those negative emotions because I think I think people think you know, and that's the thing about like when you start an empath tribe and you start a, a podcast and you're a public figure, is that people forget that you're a person, you're a human being, you know. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I want to talk about uh, fakers, posers, grifters, and what I mean by all that. Um, But I first want to kind of close off the subject of negative emotions in general. Um, You know, how do, what is the best advice you can give for people in terms of uh, not letting certain angers, hatreds, frustrations, getting outraged, being triggered. I know I've done entire episodes about being untriggerable. Um, what's your best advice about that? Uh, how can people process, and I know it's different for everybody, but for you, what is the best way to sort of uh, think about negative emotions and how we should think about them and how should we process them?
1: Well, negative emotions are, I mean, they're real and they're valid. And I think the the trick with anything is just acknowledging it. and. Yeah making a decision Mm -hmm. if it's helping you or not if it's making your life better or worse or and just kind of consciously letting go of things yeah and because i used to do that a lot i would hang on to things well that's what
0: depression does a lot of times when you because i noticed that with myself when i'm having depression i reel i call it reeling yeah i reel over past transgressions more
1: yeah so honestly part of that with me is antidepressants
0: right because it, it kept you from doing it that it helped you let I just go of would that get right these loops
1: going and, and they i just wouldn't be able to let them go mm-hmm. and so the antidepressants honestly kind of helped me stop that cycle and helped me realize mm-hmm. that this is not something that's helping me because things become comfortable whether they're bad or good they yeah. can become
0: comfortable and it's oh yeah i call it my, my comfortable shoe mm-hmm. you know my sadness yeah um and while you know that's the thing for me is that Now that I'm taking ashwagandha and I'm exercising regularly, not since COVID, but I'm getting ready to, (laughs) but um, my my depression never goes away, but I feel like it's become manageable enough because if I don't want to overmanage it, because if it's too managed, I feel like I lose a piece of who I am yeah because i want to feel some of that grief i want to feel some of that sadness
1: because that's yeah and that's the thing with some antidepressants or too much it just makes you numb it just yeah makes you not feel anything Which sometimes you need that as a relief as or you could be like james buxton where that, he said or... he
0: felt so good he wanted to like hug strangers in the streets <laughs> right? yeah it exactly. could be dangerous because it it, yeah. it almost let go of all of his inhibitions yeah and you have to and find he had to back off with it yeah yeah absolutely finding that balance mm-hmm. yeah yeah, because for me, I don't want to lose, um, my depression because I didn't realize how closely my empath, being an empath was tied to my sense of grief, my sense of sadness, and my sense of compassion towards people is all rooted in my depression and my, my understanding that life is fragile that life is hard for everybody. And that helped grow my sense of compassion towards others. Even people who I think maybe have it a little too good, like rich people, you know, like, but I don't take it personal. Like I don't automatically hate someone who's a conservative or I don't automatically hate someone who's wealthy. Um, it's a case by case basis, but it's not that I hate them. Sometimes I hate their behaviors. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, yeah, i I need some of that sadness and grief because it defines who I am and it defines our character and who we are. and it it's really a big part of my identity, and I wouldn't know what to do without it.
1: yeah, absolutely. you know, so you just have to make sure it doesn't get to a point where it just consumes you and that's all yeah, there is exactly. And definitely- I've talked
0: about that where the difference between, uh, you know somebody who's managing their depression and someone who is not, is that someone who's managing their depression has a day trip, they set up a tent in a camp, and then they leave that day, whereas um, somebody who's not, they, they plan to camp there for a while, and mm-hmm. they just set camp yeah. Yeah. there, you know. And, and that's and,
1: when it gets not healthy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Then. Where would you say the line should be drawn, really?
1: I think it depends on the person. I mean, some people... Like, especially a lot of, like, artists and, and writers, they live in that a little bit more because it helps their creativity mm-hmm. and it fuels what they're yeah. doing. Myself included. Yeah. But you have to, you mm-hmm. just have to be aware enough of when it's getting to a point where it's, it's ruining you. It's ruining your quality of life. And yeah. The, relationships and yeah just living. and
0: and would you recommend that people um start off on meds or should they try other things first and then work to meds it
1: probably depends yeah. and it probably would depend you know something that you should definitely talk talk about with friends talk about it with a doctor talk mm-hmm. about it with with anyone because um, yeah. some people you know like talk therapy would work mm-hmm. for me mine was more chemical so it was a, a medication thing but it took me a long time to come to that Yeah. Conclusion. Well, I
0: I tried med several times and it just made me feel either anxious or disconnected. And so I realized, you know, first Sammy worked for a long time, the Sammy supplement, but it was so expensive. And then occasionally if I accidentally took too much, I could get anxious feeling. And so I started taking ashwagandha and I noticed uh, ashwagandha and um, turmeric uh, seemed to really help for some reason, especially the... The, the turmeric for inflammation, which is a quality of life thing. And then uh, the ashwagandha seems to really help as far as yeah. just leveling my chemicals off for some reason. Well, um,
1: especially with you too, with the pain condition, that yeah. can increase or decrease depression because of how you're feeling physically. Yeah. So you have to absolutely. take care of every
0: part of you. It's a total holistic thing, a total yeah. body thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, you know, to me, anger, hate, frustration is a natural thing in life. We all get angry. We all get frustrated. Uh, it's deeply tied into who we are. Um, our animosities, things that outrage us, things that trigger us. You know, it's not that we become untriggerable for no reason. We become untriggerable because we start gaining a greater perspective of life. And, you know, like when I think of politics, Um, It just feels like the Fox News crowd versus the MSNBC crowd um, just sort of, um, you know, eat up whatever they're given and they're not stepping out of those camps long enough to um, understand a greater uh, perspective because it's not because I disagree because I think a lot of the politics now, you know, they have every right to be outraged in some respects because yes, it's not right when two people like Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin can hold up all of progress on good, robust infrastructure packages and things like that. And then you start seeing the moneyed interests and how um, she's probably bought off and paid for, same with Joe Manchin. Um, and then And then also to see the way the Republican Party is these days. They're not acknowledging reality. They don't seem to have any concern or caring for policy anymore. It's all of this cult of personality thing. And they all seem to be behaving like drunken sailors who just want to go out and get tattooed and get laid and they don't give a fuck about actually saving the world. No. No. You know, and, and while I have my problems with Democrats in in many cases, um, you know, I just find that whole um thing to be a little bit uh too much, you know, because I I don't know, like ever since I stepped out of the daily grind of politics, I'm able to get gain the clarity that Yes, I still side with the left. Yes, I still agree mostly with the policies that woke mob, woke cancel culture um, uh, agrees with. Uh, Policy-wise, yes, it's probably the best practices. Policy-wise, we want a more progressive society. We want uh, better socioeconomics, more equal, more fair, more opportunities. Um, yes, we need to stick it to corporations and, and capitalism could become a much more uh, not only infrastructurally complete thing where there's more opportunity, but it could become a more equal thing where everybody has a house. Everybody has a decent paying job and everybody isn't struggling to survive. I find our socioeconomics are just too, too unequal and too, too divisive. And what I see happening is that a lot of people on the right they, they get people all stirred up and angry about social politics. But then at the end of the day, <clears throat> their finances are helping the wealthy. And so I don't understand how they continue to, to bamboozle these poor people into thinking like rich people. I just find that
1: crazy. It's baffling to me. I, I, I can't understand it. Yeah, I because at the understand.
0: end of the day, what do you, uh, you know. It doesn't take a genius to see that the policies on the left are going to help more people than the policies on the right because there are no policies on the right. And it seems like they're just becoming nothing but outrage, outrage, outrage. And that kind of ties into the, what I was saying about outrage is that most of our outrage nowadays is either about socioeconomics, the haves versus have nots, or it's about left versus right wing politics. What do you think is going on and what can we do perhaps to help.
1: I think people need to start paying attention to what people are actually doing instead of taking what they're saying at face value.
0: Yeah. Because that is definitely
1: a big problem. Yeah. More so on the right, I think because yeah, yeah, people just Mm -hmm. don't, don't think for themselves as much anymore and they just kind of take, just eat it up. Whatever somebody tells them if it's someone that they like, then that's how it is, and that's what's going on, and people need to take a step back and look at what people are actually well, doing.
0: you know, I, we were watching um, Bill Burr yesterday, the comedian Bill Burr, and he was talking on this Netflix show for Cobra Kai. I don't know why it was there, but it was nice to see him. <laughs> it's
1: because he had a Netflix special. If Cobra Kai was Netflix. It was just yeah, all, a Netflix right. thing. Yeah.
0: And, um, but he was saying, like... Um, You know, because somebody asked him, you know, how do you deal when somebody says, you know, your show is outrageous or they were offended or something like that? And his answer was something along the lines of, well, I don't even listen to it because the media has an agenda. It seems like they're always trying to stir the pot. They're always trying to defame or deface or keep people riled up. And I agree with that, even on the left sometimes, because, you know, like.
1: They don't get off the hook. Well, no. the thing
0: about MSNBC is that I might agree with their analysis about policy. I might agree with their analysis about right-wing ideologues and some of these politicians and their uh, abhorrent behaviors, but like they sit there in their in their nicest clothes and they act so proper and so educated and so classy, and it's almost like they're trying to class their way into getting people to vote democratic which you know that's what Fox News does too. It's an equal and opposite thing and you know, at least every you know, at least they all have their forum. I'm okay with that. But at the end of the day, the people that I seem to be losing as friends the most are the people who subscribe to the woke culture and 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 like one time on Twitter there was this girl and she was kind of calling me out on my bullshit. And I was like, "What are you doing? We're on the same fucking team here, you know?" Right. And yes. um and then she snapshotted something I said and I told her, I said, you're trying now to destroy me. You're trying to defame me. You're trying to cancel me. Do you mm-hmm. not see how ridiculous it is to try to cancel someone who is in league with you? In other words, yeah, maybe there are people, Democrats, who aren't as progressive as us, but why would you want to destroy people who are still working towards the betterment of yeah, these policies?
1: Because in some cases it will push people the opposite way. And that's... Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. Well, I just just...
0: find the woke culture, the cancel culture. Now, do I believe there is as much cancel cultures as they say? No, because I think Fox News is making that a wedge issue. They're trying to balloon it up and make it a much bigger thing than it is. Um, But there is some canceling going on in Hollywood, and there's a little bit of canceling going on in politics where uh, anybody who we think is uh, defamed or demoralized, your career's over, buddy. Bye. And they cancel shows and they cancel, you know, green eggs and ham and they cancel Dr. Seuss and they cancel, cancel, cancel. Now, I think that it depends on what the situation is. Sure. You have to. But I that. think that's the problem with the woke culture is that I might agree in spirit with your policies, but I don't agree with your methods because I think they're becoming just like right wingers. They're becoming becoming riled up. nutcases in a lot of instances and i don't mean to offend anybody but at the end of the day when you're so riled up that you can't think for yourself you can't think like an independent individual for one and you keep rattling off uh, rhetoric that you heard rather than saying things that you believe at the end of the day i think what it boils down to is that people can't think for themselves anymore
1: yeah for sure
0: because i don't like a lot of what the right wing is doing I think, you know, <laughs> talking about Steve Doocy from Fox News, you know, every day Jen Psaki has to deal with his absurd, outrageous, outlandish questions. And it's all gotcha questions trying to defame or somehow take the Biden administration down a notch. But then you got Joe Biden yesterday going, you dumb, he's a dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, and a lot of, I know that the, now Fox News is probably going to have oh, a I'm field sure. day it's, on it's, that. Yeah, but the thing is, is, is that enough. he is a dumb son of a bitch. Because if you can't tell hard journalism from gotcha questions, then come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, you know, speak on the woke culture and what's good and what's bad and about it. And what what are your thoughts on the woke culture? Well, it's,
1: it's the extreme... Of the right or of the left, mm-hmm. and I think because fundamentally, I would say that I probably agree with ninety nine percent of what they're yeah, talking about. Me too, in policy. You, but, you know. Yeah, but when you go about it mm-hmm. in such a militant fashion, and you don't allow for anybody to have any variation of that thought or that it, belief,
0: it feels like those people are being trained by Twitter, the Twitterverse. They're being trained by um, the liberal media. They're being trained by the news they consume to be reactionary, mm-hmm. to automatically react with anger and hostility, and yeah. uh, you know, scorched earth politics yeah. on anybody who uh, you know dares go against what their beliefs are.
1: Yeah, and I think it it's hurtful because there could be people that are kind of. In the middle of things, and they're teetering on the edge of which way they want to go, and it and turns people attacked, off, and they go to the roulette right. Get versus, attacked for one little thing yeah. that they've done wrong right. when they could be a, a very strong ally for for the most part. But you push them the other way because you're so militant about it, and right. so unforgiving. And well, so rigid and, 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 it's and, just, and and just and just a um,
0: point of clarity. Rebecca and I are fucking Bernie Sanders guys through and through. <laughs> so you can't say that we're not left enough. We are left enough, but we just got tired of feeling like we're the tails wagging the dog in our left-wing politics. I'm so tired of people telling me how I got to think and why I should think that. Like if you're not smart enough to think for yourself, then maybe you should get out of politics.
1: Yeah. Frankly. And the, the annoying part of it is that especially when it, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I still love MSNBC and most of the people. Oh on yeah, there, but I I sitting, still watch it sometimes. They're in their little yeah. million-dollar penthouse apartments in mm-hmm. New York City, right. Talking about things, and they have no idea how things are. I think it's just people because they're, they're just, just so, so, so far removed from yeah.
0: regular everyday Americans that yes. that regular liberals they like and they're attracted to the the class and grace and dignity of MSNBC because I am too. It's yes. like, oh, they're so, you know, mm-hmm. it's so easy to go down. It's so, it's such a relief from that scorched earth ugliness on Fox News and Newsmax mm-hmm. and OAN. Um, so yeah, I can understand why people would be, um, sort of, um, da- be dazzled and, uh, uh, you know, into that kind of, uh, thinking. Um, but, mm-hmm. but then before you know it, you're, you're, they're becoming radicalized the same way, the right is getting radicalized uh, into the cult of personality. Um, what would you say uh, is the difference, and why do you suppose they're not self-aware enough? Because I've always no. said, go ahead.
1: Oh no, I was just saying. oh yeah I,
0: because I've always said that if you're so woke, then you should be woke enough to understand what you're doing wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think it's you know? just they get in their little bubble and they're they not self-aware of it. the yeah. damage
0: they're causing. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, I'm a I'm a ride or die with Bernie. I'm an a- o- AOC guy. I love all that stuff. But, but at I'm the also end,
1: I'm not going to say, oh, because he didn't win, then screw everything on that. Yeah, side. because then and- you're
0: getting rid of all incremental progress. We have yeah. to work with centrist Democrats the same way we have to work with Republicans. And so, at the end of the day, yes, in policy, I mostly agree. But um, in terms of I don't want our culture to turn into a bunch of pussies, though. And, and, and so, you know, here I am as an empath. We are hypersensitive. We are very emotionally um, damaged, emotionally sensitive, um, uh, tired of the world, tired of, uh, um, tired of the lacking of progress, tired of, you know, like, and that's why I can understand my vegan friend. You know, uh, getting mad because she's so tired of the fight. It's she's she's trying to win this battle towards veganism, and she's tired of the fight. But it's like, dude, you know, just because Mm -hmm. I eat meat occasionally doesn't mean that I want you all to start eating more meat. I want you to make good choices for your life. You know,
1: yeah, and it's 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 turning on an ally because of some little thing for some ride or die yeah
0: belief that Mm -hmm. they they're entrenched in yeah you know and and i get it you know because when we were watching msnbc and we were watching um uh the young turks and all that um we're very progressive people but i am very 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 tired of uh not being able to see and and relate to each other and our differences you can't get entrenched in those camps without somewhat getting um sort of you know uh, brainwashed to an extent you know Mm -hmm. and so i would just suggest that the woke culture realize that yes we should um address lgbtq um issues correctly yes we should uh toe the line when it comes to progress and progressive values and progressive policies but at the end of the day where do you draw the line when you start turning on your own people because Mm -hmm. you've got this ride or die mentality it's like fuck yeah Take you know, a fucking chill pill, help. will you?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, smoke some yeah. pot. I smoke <laughs> pot at night for that very reason. Yeah. Cause I don't want to think about all that stuff at the end of the day. I want to be able to, you know, every day I, I work hard. I try very hard to be a good kind person. And then at the end of the day, whatever that I cannot control, I let it go and I pick it up tomorrow. And and right. so, you know, you can't live this stuff. And that's the thing is like compartmentalizing it, compartmentalizing your po- political life from your personal life, because when, when they become interchangeable and you can't tell one from the other, it's just like I said, with progress, you know, yes, we want progress, but if you live your life from a political lens, all you're going to do is tire yourself out and burn out when things don't go your way. And then you're not going to be there during the midterms or reelections when we need you most. So don't give up. Um, but I think the way you do that is just don't get so involved that you take everything personally, because okay. I believe our vegan friend turned on us because she was thinking we're akin to some crazy uh, militia right-wingers just because we eat beef, for crying out loud, or eat chicken. Like, Jesus Christ, you know? Like, I do care about animals, but, you know, I can't help the fact that, you know, I grew up as a chef. I grew up, you know, in a hunting family, you know? I can't Mm -hmm. deny 200,000 years of evolution, unfortunately yeah. and but if you can great you know yeah, um if
1: you have the means to do it then do it and just yeah leave people be
0: yeah live and let live yeah. be, be your own person yep so you guys at the end of the day i'm not picking on our woke people being woke mm. should be a compliment being woke means that you are a- awake. You're woke enough to understand that you you have sur- sur- um, sophisticated emotional intelligence. And I think in that terminology, we should all try to be more woke.
1: Yeah, for sure. But
0: when it goes too far, it starts cr- uh, hindering progress more than it helps progress, I guess. Yeah. And true. so I'm not trying to pick on people who are far left. We're far left. Um, I believe uh, capitalism needs to be a much more uh, equal and uh, emotionally gratifying and, um, uh, e- you know, just a more rewarding thing. And that's what we fight against. But I'm not doing it as a leftist. I'm doing it as best practices. That's the difference is I'm not I don't have a political slant or angle. Progress is progress and it helps everybody. Mm -hmm. you know and i just feel like when they get that way that ride or die mentality it's like you know people who weren't going to vote for hillary because um bernie sanders lost it's like are you kidding you'd rather have donald trump
1: yeah i know
0: do you not understand how damaging that is to our country and our politics so at the end of the day i think it, it you know because being woke should mean that you care deeply about socioeconomics and equality you care deeply about um uh, gay rights trans rights lgbtq rights uh you care deeply about uh, racial equality you care deeply about systemic injustice and inequality so that would go into black lives matter that would go into um reforming our police forces to represent the communities that that they work so if you live in De- if you work in detroit as a police officer, then you should represent that demographic. In other words, you you don't have all white cops facilitating an all-black community. Mm-hmm. You want it to represent the area in which you live. And so yeah. I'm not about, you know, because I think that whole thing got off to the wrong foot when they started saying defund the police.
1: Absolutely. It
0: never was about defunding, no. it was about
1: reallocating.
0: reallocating funds so that we took we minimized what police officers have to do. You reduce their scope of practice so they can do their job better, but then you make you allow for the mental health cases to go towards those who are better suited and better trained to deal with mental yeah. health problems. Yeah. Because when you have police officers aiming guns and weapons at people who are having emotional breakdowns, um, no, they need a counselor, not a bullet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. and that's exactly that the wording was just wrong from the beginning yeah and it just got way. up to the wrong
0: start and that's that's my problem with democrats in general is that yes i support them in general because it's the closest thing we have to progress but they're so centrist they're so corporate they don't understand the urgency of poverty they don't understand the urgency of 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 better jobs and infrastructure and i think they're trying but uh, they're not getting there, and that's why I think people, deservedly, should be pissed at Kirsten Cinema because I think she's being paid off. I absolutely do. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Because, because yeah. So, at the end of the day, you guys, politics, ugh, you know, you know, you gotta take a shower afterward, but, you know, just...
1: Pay attention enough to know what's going on and who's working for your best interests and yeah. who's not, and, well, but don't become immersed in it.
0: Exactly, and that perfectly goes into the last topic um well actually uh, there's a couple here but we'll we'll probably save one but we're uh, faker's <clears throat> posers grifters and knowing authentic people from inauthentic people so now at the end of the day i never took issue with trump because he's an asshole i never took issues with trump because he's wealthy I took issue with Trump because he tries to sell himself as something he's not. And they bought his grift hook, line and sinker. And the problem I have is that, you know, he just, he acts like, Oh, well I, you know, I can handle everything quickly and easily. He, you know, you don't. That's saying you do these things doesn't make it so. And so anytime he went to tackle any, systemic issue he would say he's doing it without doing anything at all and then his base were like yay see it doesn't take all this red tape yes it does it does take
1: what someone actually does versus what they say well and you have to be fucking
0: naive as hell to think that you can um, remove all the red tape in society just by being a no-nonsense dude i i like when leaders can be strong enough to cut through the red tape to cut through the bullshit But but there are procedures in which we have to do these things correctly for them to legally hold up. And so when he's just going to tear everything down and and make it in his image, it's like, you know, I understand why they were attracted to it, but I don't understand how they can't see through the grift
1: because they don't pay attention. Yeah, it boils down to that. They're not empaths, that's for sure, because you can tell what people say it face value and don't watch what they're actually doing. And yeah, I was going to say that that's where being an empath does come into play a lot, because you can immediately tell where someone is coming from and what they actually are.
0: Yeah, you know, and so (laughs) talking about fakers and posers and grifters, you know, a grifter, a, a poser, a faker is somebody who's pretending to be something they're not. Um, a poser is somebody who's um, trying to be more special or important than they really are, uh, more edgy, more cool. It could be anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a grifter is usually trying to earn money off of deception.
1: They actually step on people and, and mm-hmm. hurt them.
0: In some yeah, way. and use deception and lies to yeah. uh, to fulfill a usually a money making endeavor, mm-hmm. yeah. which is just defines Donald Trump perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then um, how to identify authentic authentic people from not. So at the end of the day, you guys, um, I, I tried to go on TikTok yesterday. I was like, you know what? I need to reach my audience. And to do so, you have to get on YouTube. You have to get on Patreon. You have to get on all the social media sites uh, LinkedIn and all this stuff. Well, I don't do LinkedIn and I don't do TikTok. And the reason being you guys is that's what I mean is I'm just not a society person. It's not anything against anybody. So I'm like, well, Brian, give it a shot. You never know. And I went on a TikTok and I did, you know, I did my email address and Chef bride Comedy and all that stuff. And I started scrolling and within five minutes. It was chick videos doing their dances. Now, if that empowers women, I've told yeah, you. Go for it. I'm open-minded and, you know, I don't mind looking at a booby or two here and there. Hey, for, to each their own. But I find it very shallow and superficial. And my problem is not that sexy ladies are doing their sexy lady things. It's that when you're doing your sexy lady things, I notice there's narcissism. So gross narcissism. And I don't, when I say gross, I don't mean disgusting i mean gross as in a lot of there's mm. so much narcissism involved in it that these women are in love with their own mirror image and they when they do that you know i know young people you know i was i thought i wore you know the, my army uniform better than anybody else i was like look at me <laughs> you know but at the end of the day the problem with narcissism is that you spend so much time idolizing and adoring yourself that you become hateful and spiteful of anybody who threatens your looks threatens your talent threatens you as a person and you don't spend enough time developing life skills career skills educational goals etc so i guess my problem is that i don't want women nowadays to fall into the trap of everyone with a pretty face thinking that they have to go into a modeling whereas every guy with a big dick has to go into porn you know <laughs> yeah i'm not in porn course i don't never mind anyway (laughs) but the point is you guys is that there's a lot of pretty faces out there and i don't mind self-esteem movements i don't mind when people are trying to feel good about themselves but i feel like our world is becoming so plastic and fake now but i don't want to offend people because i know there's people out there that like that kind of mall music they like that Mm -hmm. bubblegum stuff they like k-pop they like you know um you know uh, the music and the tiktok videos and all that and i don't want to hurt their feelings and i don't want to piss them off because to each their own i'm very much a to each their own kind of guy be inclusive there's no reason to hate on those people but where i find there's a problem is is the superficiality these women are banking everything on their breasts and their face and nothing on their minds and i just i don't think that sends a good message to our kids That's all. No,
1: it doesn't, and that's what.
0: What is your view on all that? Because you're a woman.
1: I, I kind of have mixed views on it. I mean, as long as someone is going into it and they're not hurting other people, they're not hurting themselves,
0: and Mm -hmm. well, and fine. What would because like I can watch a TikTok video of of a girl doing a dance and her boobies are flapping everywhere. They do that booty shake thing now. That's a big Mm -hmm. one. The booty Mm -hmm. shake. Everybody knows (laughs) the boot. You know, and I don't, I I honestly, I see these women and they're young. um, And I just, I worry about our culture. It's not because if they're just having fun, but then they're going back to college after their TikTok video, fine. But I feel like it's setting a bad precedent. It's setting a bad example for our kids out there, especially females, that you have to be beautiful. And if you don't measure up physically, um that you don't have worth and so so i society
1: says is beautiful right yeah and that's where the harm can come in it so
0: but then at the same time i'll see people who are um have a very particular look like red hair and freckles and Mm -hmm. they typify what's beautiful in a redhead and so i can't say that it's all bad no it's not it's just that it's not I, i i'm afraid of the precedent that it sets and the trends that it sets for our kids
1: yeah, it sets unrealistic expectations, and that's been something that people have talked about for decades. As far as like beauty magazines and yeah. and things. So it's there's always it's an old subject. It's the but society keeps that's going, putting yeah. pressure on people to look and back act a certain way, and it can yeah. be very harmful.
0: Well, and that's what I mean by society. People, people who subscribe without thought to all these things, without. Really analyzing it. You know, if when you analyze capitalism, you start to realize that it's nothing more than a major hustle, that we're here to hustle. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but we should not live in a world of hustle. You should not have to hustle to survive. I am not iced tea. I'm not a hustler. I'm a person, I'm a human being, and we all deserve respect and dignity and equality. And so at the end of the day, I don't want my capitalism to be so, um, unforgiving and unrelenting that it creates hustlers because what it's doing now is now it seems like everybody wants to get famous the easy way or get rich the easy way rather than having to put in the hard work you know
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah it's definitely not a black and white thing it's just depends on why someone's doing something and how they're dealing with it well yeah because i don't want to
0: shame no. sex workers yeah, i don't no, want to shame sexuality mm-hmm. um it's just that it's easy to earn it's easy for a beautiful woman to earn the um sexual uh we'll say uh arousal of men it's much harder to earn people's respect and so it's not that i have a problem with sexuality like it's just that it, there's such an overabundance now out there that I feel like it's creating a world of plastic people and they're all subscribing to this society think. And that society think I think is creating a plasticized society. And I worry about that because we want people to be valued for what's the content of their character, not for their physical traits. But at the same time, I want people to be proud of their physical traits too.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a so there's that That's, weird, yeah. you know, center. It is. Yeah, balance it definitely there. Definitely is. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I can see both sides of it, and it's it just it's a case by case thing, and it depends on the person, and it's it's a tough one. It yeah. really is because I, you don't I, want to discourage people from having self esteem. I try
0: to tell myself that all these TikTokers and all these sexy ladies on Instagram and Twitter doing their juggalo dances and junk. I always tell myself that you know because I don't think there's anything wrong with the TikTok dances. I don't think those are meant to be sexy they're meant to be fun. It's like cheerleaders and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ones that, you know, lingerie and sexiness and the the bikinis and sexiness, which is fine. But my point is, is like, I I hope that when they do their stuff, we see the videos, but then we're not seeing the part where they hold a job at Starbucks. We're not seeing Mm -hmm. the part where they're getting straight A's in school. We're not seeing the part where they're applying for Stanford in my mind, because I'm a old dad type. Now I'm, I'm seeing these women like, yeah, I'm not blind. I can see you're attractive. But does it make just because somebody's attractive doesn't mean I want to have sex with you, for one. And for two, just because you're sexy doesn't mean that you have more inherent worth. And so I don't want people to get famous on their looks alone. Just like Bailey Seary and I use as an example. She is a very talented YouTuber, but I don't want it to be because she's sexy. I want it to be because of the content of her heart the content and quality of her values. And I do believe that she has good values, but oh, yeah. but then you see the sexy side too. And you're like, God, I mm-hmm. hope it's not just for that.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it is with her because yeah, I mean like mm-hmm. me and everybody that I know that loves her. We, I mean, yeah, she's amazing at makeup and it's fun to watch that, but she's also, she's funny and she's self-deprecating smart and she's sense def- of humor. She's, she's got an and, old yeah. soul like me. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes
0: so. she sounds like, my brain are coming out of her mouth.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like,
0: how do you have the fucking um, old soul of a 50 year old man in this young, young woman? I'm mm-hmm. impressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think she you know? definitely is one of those people that kind of, she's, what do they call it? Like a triple threat. Yeah. She, yeah. She, she is She happens to be beautiful, thing. but she's yeah.
0: actually talented. Yeah. And that's where exactly I hope, you know, because yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, cause I'll see like, You know, women who, uh, you know, are overweight or something and they do these things for their own, you know, they'll do these videos and, you know, and and then they'll get harassed for it or something. And it's like, no, no, you know, if that is giving them empowerment, good. Oh, kitty cat wants in. Hold on, you guys. Oh, okay. We got the kitty cat in. She's being pet by mama here. (laughs) How you doing, baby? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> hi sweetheart. So, okay, yeah, because at the end of the day, I want—I don't want to be a judgmental person. Um, it's taken me a long, long time to get to a point in my life where I'm allowed to be myself, be an old soul, be an intellectual, but also be a silly heart and be fun and fun-loving. And see, once it takes a lot of figuring life out to where you can arrive at a place of happiness. And so once you achieve that happiness, you don't want to go backwards. And so the thing that really upset me the most about our vegan friend is the, the, the her lacking of concern and understanding that I, too, grieve. Just because I act happy or excited from time to time doesn't mean that I don't have an underlying baseline of pain and torment and grief, you know. And so that's the thing that I think most people don't understand anymore is that we're all operating from a place of pain and suffering and grief. And so if I see a woman who gets empowered through her body, okay, well, fine, you know, because it's a win-win. They like to do it, and I like to look at boobies. So, hey, right on. But I also want our generations growing up to not strictly think about being basketball stars and rappers and musicians and rock stars, and models and actors. I want people. I think the problem nowadays with our culture, if I'm being honest and I I know it's ironic because I'm coming from a place of being in the entertainment industry, but everybody's trying to be an entertainer and they, they want to be actors that act like they're real people in real life, but there's not enough real life left is my point. Like nobody wants to be in real life anymore. Everybody wants to entertain. Everybody wants to be an artist everybody wants to be an entertainer of some sort. And and so who's going to be our teachers, who's going to be our um, authors, who's going to be our scientists and our lawyers and our whoever, you know, I guess my point is, is that it feels like the entertainment industry is actually bigger. Hollywood is getting bigger than middle America. It feels like sometimes. Yeah. And the, the tail is wagging the dog. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I guess I just value homespun values. I, I've, you know, I'm not a prude, but but I value a world where um, Hollywood mimics real life, not real life mimics Hollywood. You know, and so I want our young women to go to college, find themselves. If you want to get drunk and have a lesbian encounter, hey, go for it. I'm not a prude. I just want you to get that degree and do something good with your life and become uh, one of the carers. Become one of the teachers counselors and guides in our life and make sure that you know no child left behind we don't want people slipping through the cracks and i really truly honestly believe that the reason why our society is so chaotic now why no every it seems like there's a baseline of hopelessness is the is the 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 run through uh, is the line that runs through everything now whether it be movies or tv everybody acts like a disenchanted malcontent now because we're It's almost like no one's excited to be alive anymore. Nobody sees a bright future anymore. And I think, you know, why not? Why couldn't we make this a great future again? Why why do we all feel jaded and dark and cynical? And why is it that we're all becoming somewhat dark and haters um, instead of bright and colorful and cheerful? Why do you suppose that that's becoming... So prevalent in our even our pop culture and our music and our movies. What was the question exactly? <laughs> <laughs> At the hour and a half yeah. mark, Rebecca starts to space out a little. No, uh, I
1: yeah, <laughs> I was listening. To- <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so the question is, um, why do you suppose? Now you got me forgetting it. <laughs> uh, why do you suppose that everything in our movies and TV? Uh, it lacks the um, positivity and hope that it used to. Why do you suppose everybody's su- sort of uh, deconstructing life and, and thinking that life is is, is hopeless? That there's it's bleak. There's a bleakness to yeah. life, and that's why we're all looking backwards so, at nostalgia well, yeah, and not looking forward
1: because it feels that way. So yeah. it's hard to with Mm-mm. so much negativity and so many bad things going on. It is hard. Yeah, to hang on to the good stuff and the hope and yeah. And in a way, it's kind of good that that pop culture is mirroring that because it's yeah. not ignoring it and pretending. Well, to yeah, it there. addresses those
0: issues, I think. But
1: like everything, there's mm-hmm. got to be a balance. So yeah,
0: sure. It, well, that's why I like Cobra Kai because um, they address real struggles and bullying and all that. But then they also show proactive ways of dealing mm-hmm. with your problems. Yeah. And, and while we can't kick and punch each other and kick and punch our problems away, the discipline and the wisdom that uh, karate could teach, I think was really cool. And I like the fact that the characters are uh, realistic enough, but not so, um, you know, it deals with real life hardships, but in a way that, I i don't know, it feels like uh, there's hope, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what a lot of people are lacking these days. And that's what makes things so hard. Yeah. So, and then when TV shows and things go the other way, then it's just too ridiculous and too outlandish. And
0: right. So, yeah, it's... Well, that's Balance. why that's why I'm trying to create more hope, you know, because I know occasionally I can get dark and talk about subjects that are sometimes bleak and dark, but it's it's for the greater good of hope. I mean, really, I'm doing it uh, because I'm trying to get you guys to see that you don't wake up every day completely unscathed. That we we become hopeful and positive despite negativity, not yeah, not because it's not there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, sure. because yeah. we have to process all that. It's, yeah, what can, I'm doing when I'm off air is yeah. I'm going through a process of maturation and change so that by the time I'm here on the radio to talk to you guys, I have gone through and toiled and do, did everything I had to do. I put the, the the internal work in so that I can arrive at a place of, oh, I've learned from that experience and now I can pass it on to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But we're all dealing with that darkness, I think.
1: We are, yeah, definitely,
0: absolutely. Living life
1: is, is difficult, but you just try to find the good in it and keep on, mm-hmm. keep on trucking. Keep
0: on trucking. <laughs> I thought you were going to say keep on keeping on. Oh, oh <laughs> <that's you. laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, you guys, you know, this whole show it's about people, it's about relationships, and I have no cookie cutter fortune cookie advice for you guys. What I can say is that mental health is not an exact science. Two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. Um, success is not a straight line, and mental health is not a straight line either. It's a zigzag. It's yes, a up it and down.
1: Sometimes it circles.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's- <laughs> so it, just to close up the show here, talking about relationships, talking about new friends versus old friends, talking about um being triggered and getting outraged by society just give us you know a, a woman who just turned 49 who looks Ooh. way younger than that <laughs> <laughs> but tell me what what's some advice you can give some young women out there as far as mental health and careerism and um, you know just how to have mental health good mental health and how when you're having bad mental health because we have it all the time just tell mm-hmm. us Just give us your advice. Just
1: allow yourself to be yourself. Because I think for so long with me, like I was, I was such a shy introvert and I always felt really bad about myself because of who I was. But now I realize that's, it's, it's who I am and I accept it and accept yourself and who you are. And if you see areas where you can improve, then Mm -hmm. just work on it. But don't be, be gentle to yourself be yeah. good to yourself because it's that's so good. easy to talk to talk down S- to negative yourself negative self talk yeah yeah that's such yeah. an easy thing to do so just just try to be yourself and be the best version of well, yourself
0: and try to realize out there ladies <clears throat> you know I'm a man sort of um I'm a married man so I'm a neutered man but I'm still a man <laughs> I used to be single once um the truth is you guys is that men yes we're attracted to beautiful women yes we're attracted to skinny Girls with big boobs and things like that. We can't help it. But you guys, there is a million different configurations of beautiful out there. And you can have a little bit of weight on you and still be gorgeous. You, you can have
1: a lot of weight on you and be
0: gorgeous. Yes, absolutely. Because there's always going to be someone out there. There is a man for every woman or a woman for every woman. And there's a man for every man. There is somebody out there for you. and if you um, want them. Huh?
1: If you want them. If that's
0: what you (laughs) want. Right, right, exactly. I don't want to assume that you guys need a relationship because no, you don't. And that's the thing, you guys, is that males love women for the wrong reasons. And sometimes we love women for the right reasons. And if you have an emotional core of goodness and you preach the right thoughts and you have a sense of humor about yourself and a way about yourself and a wisdom about yourself. Um, you're going to attract the right people. And at the end of the day, uh, you gotta forget about the haters drinking their haterade. You gotta not worry about the guys that only want skinny bitches and perfect women, you know, and nothing against skinny bitches, you know, but (laughs) if you're skinny, (laughs) But you know what I'm saying is that we, we overjudge and criticize each other as a culture and we should all uh, be more inclusive. And that's what I try to promote here on the show. And, and while I have my, you know, preferences sometimes, um, at the end of the day, I'm not out to get conservatives. I'm not out to get, uh, you know, conservative people or religious people. And I'm definitely not out to hurt vegans and vegetarians why on earth would i be that way no way and so yeah at the end of the day you guys women ladies um men can be toxic men can be immature um, but i assure you that there's decent good guys out there i assure you and just because a guy you know it's like the old nirvana song i'm so horny that's okay my will is good So just because a guy wants to jump your bones doesn't mean that he doesn't also want to take you out to dinner and have an old-fashioned, old-timey, G-rated date with you. (laughs) You know, you got to, but ladies, you are the driver. The man is the passenger. Even if he's driving the car, you're driving the relationship. So if you say no, nine times out of ten, he goes, oh, okay, okay. And if you can drive, have the self-confidence and self-esteem to drive the relationship, whether it be a man or a woman. I'm not trying to exclude anybody, but um, but if you're in a relationship with a man or a woman, <clears throat> whatever the case might be, um, realize, ladies, that um, men, yes, we're just horny dogs, and we can't help it. Um, but we're also when when you treat us. Um, when you tell us to, whoa, whoa, stop the phone there, guy. No, you don't get into this until at least the third date or whatever is your rule is. You guide the relationship. And a guy will respect that so long as he respects you. And a guy will respect any woman who respects herself. The end, end of story. Boom. <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. So just, yeah. Have self respect. Yeah. Self-respect. yeah that's and that's believe in yourself and and, yourself and just because you're shy and just because you may not have everything figured out doesn't mean that you have nothing figured out. Try to see your good qualities, you guys. And at the end of the day when it comes to relationships, you know, sometimes we need our new friends because they see who we are now and not who we were then. Absolutely. You know, yeah. um but at the end of the day, uh what it boils down to is self-respect. And I have written here says the last topic Ego versus self-respect. Um, there is a m- big difference between um, having ego, too much ego, and having not enough ego. And and like I said, if you want to do anything in this world, it's kind of like the Chris Cornell song, you have to have a backbone to live in this world. Get up, get on the floor, i am sing, get up, okay. Do something more, okay. Uh, you need a backbone. Uh But the point of that song is that you have to have a backbone or else you'll be a jellyfish. If you have no backbone at all, you might have gentler sensibilities. Rebecca here is painfully awkward and shy when she was young, (laughs) Um, but she still has a backbone. She grew a backbone. And does that mean that she's not still sensitive and soft? She is. But she's learned how to be tough when she needs to be. And she's learned to be... Um, sensitive when she can open up to the right people um, and just know who you can open up to and know who you can't, but babe, uh, ego versus self-respect. You know, uh, there's, there's too much ego. There's not enough ego and it's all about self-respect. Talk on that a little bit.
1: Well, it, a lot of people, especially <laughs> different generations like older generations have been trained for so long that any amount of, of a healthy ego is, is- is bad right so you have to realize that there's it's okay to have respect for yourself and to have some ego as long as it's not into like egotism mm-hmm. being egotistical, egotistical
0: or egonomaniacal so some or- people
1: will see you having for self-respect and having a little bit of a, a healthy ego and be threatened by that or try to knock you down yeah but just realize, as long as you, if you're not hurting anyone and you have healthy self-respect and ego, it's okay. It's right, and thing. be careful and, of
0: narcissistic sociopaths and predators who bash you and pr- try to put you down because they want to gain control yeah. and superiority in that relationship. That's a power struggle. Narcissists are always trying to maintain a dominance by negging. That's you've heard the term negging Mm -hmm. where if you say something negative to a woman, it'll put her into her place. Be careful of those people who use negative uh, tactics in order to gain some kind of uh, advantage in a relationship. Those are narcissistic abusers. And um, those people can sometimes convince us that we're not good enough when really they're a piece of shit Mm -hmm. and they need a lot of growing to do.
1: Yep. And it takes work sometimes to realize that you're, <clears throat> you're, allowed to ha- you're you're allowed to think well of yourself yeah, and have positive feelings about well, yourself, and that's how it should be. I and- think people
0: think nowadays that in order to be valid, you have to have a perfect body, you have to be tan, you have to be well-spoken, you have to be all these traits. And then they spend so much time being jealous of others that they fail to realize their are good traits in themselves.
1: Yeah, and just because someone is happy with themselves, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel, ugh, what is the word? oh my gosh, I'm having a total brain fart. So some people will feel threatened by that, and that's yeah. not your fault. It's not on you. It's something right. that they need to well, fix in them themselves. and that's, the that's
0: where I think a lot of my falling outs come from, is people get jealous, or they get like, um, well, what, you don't want to work a real job, like a real man, you want to... You want to be a podcaster and just you know you think you think you're better than everybody. It's like no, I think I'm better th- than than who I was yesterday, and yeah. and and I want to be as good as you or as good as everybody else. And so it's not about me saying I'm the greatest. It's me saying we're all the greatest. Mm-hmm. We should all be living yeah. up to our best.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: doesn't mean that we shouldn't be tolerant when we're having bad days though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but. Just
1: be easy on yourself. Be easy on other people.
0: Mm -hmm. We're all going through something. Well, and that's the thing is like um, uh, my friend, uh, the chiropractor, Jim, once said, um, don't be prideful. And I think what he meant, because the word pride takes on different definitions, is, and I was like, what's wrong with being proud of yourself? And he's like, well, because pride is akin to, um, I don't know. Uh, arrogance or something and he's one to talk he's like the most arrogant friend i have (laughs) (laughs) i love him but come on different degrees of yeah but but i think um i think it's one of those situations where um hang on but i think it depends on your definition of pride i mean you know when i think of pride i'm like be proud of who you are be proud of your heritage be proud of where you come from you know but when you put it in the connotation of white pride, oops-a-daisy, yeah. it becomes something else. Yeah, because white pride obviously represents a symbol of hate. Yeah. Um, you can be, it's like the Proud Boys. Like, I think the word pride and proud have taken on these negative connotations. And while can, it can yeah. mean bad things, I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of yourself, proud of your accomplishments, proud of the way you reacted in a situation where it tested your strength.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, definitely. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, so it's just different degrees of things.
0: Yeah, I mean. and is maybe there's a better word than pride? Um, yeah, self-respect.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, and, um, dignity. I think everybody deserves their dignity, and that's mm-hmm. what I mean when I say you know I used to be an EMT. EMTs are all about the preserver- the preservation of dignity. What that means is is that we're always making sure. That no matter what the situation, we're there to preserve the dignity and integrity of others. So, if an old lady is disrobed and unconscious, cover that up, please, for her sake, not for yours. Yeah. Um, When you see nudity, you treat it with the utmost respect and the utmost maturity. That we're always, we are here to help each other get through life's more embarrassing, life's more brutal, life's more uncaring. Times And so that's why, you know, self-respect and dignity is so important is that we have to find the pride in ourselves and, and hopefully not be insecure to let others be proud of themselves as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But but then where do we draw that line, hun?
1: I think a lot of it just comes down to if what you're doing and how you're mm-hmm. acting hurts other people. And yeah. that's definitely a line you don't want to cross. Yeah, and you just just try to pe- treat people with respect. Well, and I think
0: yeah, exactly. And I think there's a difference between um, you know, being proud of yourself and have and being a narcissist. Oh, absolutely. Or being yeah. arrogant. Mm-hmm. Because I think what would you say arrogance is?
1: Arrogance is is Mm-mm. an over appreciation of yourself. Yeah. Or-
0: or you think that, that God created you differently than someone mm-hmm. else or the universe you made you special.
1: Better than other people. Right.
0: Yes. Right. And that's and, what we're trying to fight is for systemic equality, not systemic superiority. Yeah. We want to be, there to be enough jobs and equality for every race of every creed and poor people should be able to rise up out of poverty. And the problem I see, cause I'm living it, is that systemic poverty begats more systemic mm-hmm. In- inequality and poverty it's engineered that it's engineered, way. engineered yeah. that way and Absolutely. so that's why we're fighting it's not we're not fighting wealthy people who happen to get wealthy. you know, Brad Pitt probably grew up poor.
1: We're fighting the people who are wealthy for whatever reason and fight to keep it especially those who aren't
0: that. trying to fight the good fight. like yeah. when you see a wealthy person who's helping fight systemic equality, They're wealthy, but they're like, I want others to come up to where I'm at. I want everyone to achieve.
1: And it's a problem when you think, well, I've got mine. I don't want anybody else to have theirs. And you fight to
0: to oppress. oppress And that's what it feels like the difference is between the rich people on the left and the rich people on the right. Not to make this political, but is that a lot of the people, the rich people on the left, are trying to help systemic equality because they see this gap. They see this need mm-hmm. for greater opportunity. Whereas the right, it's all about the Koch brothers and this dominance. Mm-hmm. And they want to manipulate and socially engineer the system to automatically help rich people uh, overthrow and empower and disempower poor mm-hmm. people.
1: Yeah. And they, Not they always, see but people coming up and being successful <clears throat> as a threat to them. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> not most of the time that's not the case it's just someone trying to live their best life and you should be secure in where you are but not try to put other people down yeah because you've got yours and you don't want them to get theirs it's it's very selfish very very weird mentality to me
0: absolutely so we're we're over two hours now and i want to damn yeah i want to (laughs) kind of close things up but thank you baby so very much um what a good talk
1: it was, and I was not feeling it, so I'm glad. I know, yeah, we're both
0: feeling a little headachey today. Yeah. We both woke up with sore throats. We think we're getting sick. No, we don't think it's COVID, but um, no, but that feels
1: more like a regular cold than that.
0: Did. Yeah, so was... and I'm just feeling headachey because yeah. it was super sunny today, and when it's been cloudy for a long time, it kind of changes the the pressure, and it gives me a headache. So I was yeah. feeling a little dizzy earlier, but I'm yeah, I'm coming around. Uh, but you guys, um, that's what this show is all about. It's about preserving the dignity and integrity of all people. Um, but sometimes in order to do that, we have to cite examples of people in our society that are perhaps not bad people, but perhaps aren't necessarily aware of the injustice and inequality that they're perpetuating. So at the end of the day, we are not fighting against, against people. We're fighting against tyranny or tyrannical systems that perpetuate the status quo. And being able to identify and recognize regressive qualities is how we move that needle over time. But we have to understand that it's 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 you know incremental. You're not going to get what you want every day. Yeah. Nope. So, um, but you guys. So thank you very much. This show, you know, it's all about people and life and relationships. So enjoy your new relationships. Enjoy your old relationships. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, just I think really what it boils down to is if you have some deep-seated anger or hatred, get it, excise that shit, process it, do what you got to do, get it out of you. Because honestly, um, uh, there's nothing wrong with going negative from time to time. We all feel it. We all go through it. But then when it gets to be a little too much and it's going on too long and it's starting to take over your life – Energetically, I think that's where it boils down to is that emotionally it's, t- it takes over your life like a cancer yeah. hate will yeah. intolerance will um, uh, even just, you know, like when I was being more political, I was every day I saw the world in blue and red rather than just seeing life for what it is. And while I do believe we should fight for what we believe in, I also realize that um, sometimes it can come on too strong and you're creating more harm than good. Um, so, yeah, we want to fight for systemic injustice and inequality, but in a way that moves the needle, not continually divides, yeah. you know, yeah. because I understand that MSNBC's job is to get people to vote Democrat and Fox News's job is get people to vote Republican. And the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Um, and so you have to understand that game and where you are in that game and be self-aware enough to not get caught up in that movement. Be self-aware enough to remove yourself from that from time to time to make sure so that you can recalibrate your own senses and recalibrate your own morals and values. Because sometimes you get so caught up in the movement, you forget right and wrong there for a time and Mm -hmm. you can go a little too far. That's all. Pay
1: attention to things and make sure that they're not using you for their agenda. Yeah. Whichever way it is. That's right. That's right.
0: Because we're not here to take sides. We're here to do what's right for for the benefit of humanity. So, Um, so I got one more episode for you guys. It's going to be all about portals, the spirit realm, the mystical arts, EVPs, and sorting out fact from fiction. That is going to be my final episode of this entire season. And then we will end things with a a prospect of what we think is to come in season three. Um, there are more things growing than I can tell you guys. A season for me lasts about three months, you guys. So bear with me. Growth is slow. This is my first year. Um, I'm really quite amazed at the growth and the numbers. I want to thank you guys. I mean, my numbers are doing better than people who've been doing this for three or four years. And I, I, I don't get a big head about that. I'm very humble, but... It's making me like, Oh God, people are listening. Oh God, I gotta, I gotta step it up, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you guys, thank you so very much for your kindness and your support. And thank you guys for your well wishes when we got sick and got COVID. Um, at the end of the day, we're here to create a movement of an empath tribe, if you will, to help all empaths. But more than that, just to help the world become more, uh, empathetic and sensitive to the needs of human beings and human suffering. That's what it's about. So, thank you, baby, so very much. Um, are you going to be on my final episode? Do you uh, do? You, can you do it?
1: If you do it on one of my days off next week, all right? Yeah.
0: Well, no, it'll be this week.
1: Well, then probably not.
0: Well, we can do a <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I got to cut her hair, and I got all kinds of things we'll I got going Christmas on. Christmas
1: stuff up, which I'm fine with. It's okay. It yeah, we'll see.
0: We'll it's see. Fine. But I got to wrap up this season because I mean, I could wait till next week. But you know, if so long as I'm feeling good enough to do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, I feel like a little bit of sore throat, so we'll play it by ear. But I, I feel like I, I, I've waited long enough. You know, I did one episode last week, one episode the week before, and that's the first time that's ever happened. And I feel kind of bad. I want to be there for my empath tribe, but yeah, I just, you know, I don't. It's just when you don't feel good, you gotta self care. So. Yeah, so thank you guys for just being understanding with that. But uh, we will see you next time on the season finale, Portals, the Spirit Realm, the Mystical Arts, EVPs, and Sorting Out Fact from Fiction. Thank you, baby, for your uh, wonderful wisdom and generosity. I love having you on the show. (laughs) And thank you for putting up with my shit. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.